Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast. We are so glad, as always, that you've joined us, whether you're watching this uh, online or you're listening through a podcast. We are thrilled to have you and to join in on this series that we've been doing, uh, that we've been calling Faith And. And we've done several episodes now, and uh, it's been so good to hear from various voices and experts in their fields to share on uh, faith in technology, for example. We did one on that. We've done uh, faith in sanctification and so on and so forth. And uh, today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about faith and emotional health. And I'm really, really, really excited and grateful for who's joining us. Uh, And just this... uh, wonderful duo that's on our staff. We've been bringing in some who are not with Perimeter Church, but we're for this one, we thought it'd be best uh, to bring you two in, Caleb Martin, Kelly Ward, uh, both on our staff here at Perimeter who have a ton of experience in this topic, thinking about what does it look like for us to uh, be Christians, to understand the scriptures, to walk with Jesus, and be real and honest and uh, forthright about emotional health, and certainly a topic that uh, in our culture today is not new, right? I think it's important to say it's not new. Emotional unhealth has been happening for quite some time, right? Since the beginning of human history, we could say that. But we're talking about it perhaps more, and people are being more open about it than, than uh, at least in our lifetime, in my lifetime. People are more willing to talk about it, and we're seeing it uh, on the back end of 2020 and 21 be more and more of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me share with those listening and, and tuning in. So Kelly is the uh, Director of Compassion and Care uh, here at Perimeter, and a little bit of her kind of resume, if you will, is she has a Master's of Divinity. Uh, we were in some seminary we classes were, together. two years. Yeah, for two years. Yeah. We did a lot of, a lot of yeah. seminary training together, which is awesome, and uh, that's where I first met you, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but you're a board certified chaplain and you're also a grief counselor. Yes. So, um, and you currently serve in, you're using both of those, all three of those degrees in pretty significant ways um, when, in what you do for us now as the director of compassion and care. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Caleb, Caleb uh, has a master's in biblical studies and in Christian counseling and uh, a lot of experience counseling and uh more to come for him at, at Perimeter in terms of the ways in which we are hoping that he will impact many more lives in the future as he helps people process uh, in this arena. So first, let me say thank you guys for joining, for for being willing to have this conversation. And that's what I hope this is. I have some questions on this sheet here, and uh, we, we may get to some of them, we, but really more than anything, I just want it to be a conversation as though that we're, we're sitting in our, in our own living room on couches, just saying, Hey, how, how can we talk about this in a way that could be helpful for others? Um, and, um, and process, uh, process that. So let me, let me ask before we get into that though, um, real quick, tell us about yourself, how long you've been at perimeter, uh, family, kids, that kind of thing. Just quick, quick little bullet points. Go ahead, Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've been at Perimeter for, I think, 15 years, okay. maybe a little longer. Um, I uh, am married to Mark. We've been married for, I hate this question, 37 years. Yeah, 30, we have two children. Hey, you know, you can go with it with confidence. We don't know. Yeah. 37 yeah, sounds I, great. I think 37 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> We're going to believe <laughs> it's you. It's right around 37 <laughs> years. 
Um, we have two children, Christopher. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy, and he's oh, wow. serving right now in San Diego. He's in the Medical Corps. Wow. And uh, two, he has two children and a lovely wife. And I have a daughter, Ashton, hmm. and she lives here on the west side. And she has two children as well, and she is a stay-at-home mom. Mm. So just awesome. a little bit about me. Very cool. Yeah, Caleb, what about you? Awesome, yeah. I uh, grew up in the North Forsyth, coming Gainesville area, so pretty local. Uh, became a Christian through Campus Outreach Atlanta, uh, then came on staff with Campus Outreach, been on staff with Perimeter since 2010 through various ministries. Um, Katie and I came to Christ about the same time, my wife Katie, mm-hmm. uh, in college, and so we got married right out of college. We've been married almost 12 years. Uh, we've got three boys who are awesome mm-hmm. and a handful, yep. and uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy my time being a men's discipleship director and what I get to do here. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Men's discipleship director here at Perimeter Church. So, yeah, yeah and do an awesome, awesome job with that. Thank you. So thank you. Thank yeah. You. All right, so let's start with what might seem like a question that shouldn't be asked or doesn't need to be asked, but I think it does and um, because there might be different perceptions about, like you can't just say, maybe the way to frame it is to say, you can't just say faith and emotional health without giving a little bit of kind of maybe categorical definitions. Like what do we, what is emotional health, right? What, what, what are some ways in which we can think about that in a good framework? I think that is, um, I think that's a hard question. Mm. What is emotional health? Mm. Um, When I was um, thinking about uh, this podcast, I had to really sit and think a bit about what, what would I, Mm. how would I describe emotional health? Yeah. Um, And I think, Caleb, I think that maybe different, um, different people and different specialty areas might uh, describe it a little differently. Mm. What, What do you think? Yeah, it's a little bit just health is kind of a moving target, right? Mm-hmm. It can be defined in different ways, even throughout centuries. Maybe the early century health would have looked differently, emotionally health versus an American perspective. So you've got yeah. an APA yeah. definition, American Psychological Association definition that we could read and talk about. You can just kind of Google it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have emotional health that looks differently and for a believer in Iran right mm-hmm. now. Uh, so it's a moving target. The way I like to look at it is, we have, we have the, the perfect image of God mm-hmm. in a person, Jesus. And so a helpful way for me as a believer to look at it is how do I primarily look at him and how he processes emotions? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how can that be a healthy model? And when you end up doing that and kind of unpacking from that perspective, you do hit a lot of on these categories of, okay, it's, it's helpful to be able to process emotions well and to have mm-hmm. friends who you can share with and to not be overly anxious about normal things. You know, that comes when you're actually looking to Christ and what we have in the, in the word, but it's helpful to kind of have that target. Yeah. Cause health it, is a little bit of a moving target. It, I think it is. I think when I'm assessing someone, when I'm looking and talking to someone and listening to them and I'm thinking um, about emotional health, I'm also looking at fruit of the spirit. You know, I'm kind of looking for those things. Do they, um, do they experience love? Can they receive love? Mm. Uh, are they, do they have patience? Are they patient? Are they impatient? Do they have any joy in their life? Do they not have joy in their life? So I kind of look at, um, I kind of look at 
that mm-hmm. as a measure. Yeah, yeah. Is it safe to say then that when we think of it through the biblical worldview, mm-hmm. right, a Christian worldview, that we would say, on this side of heaven, we're always going to be yeah. less than perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. even yes. even less than healthy, right? Yeah. And think think about ourselves physically, right? I mean, yeah. ultimately what we have to look forward to in the new heavens and new earth for those who have believed upon Christ is full fullness of body and mind and spirit in all in all the ways that we were originally intended it to be in our in our original design right so we'll fully physically whole mm-hmm. right and that's all parts of who we are but on this right. side of heaven even as those who are in Christ there's we're going to feel the effects of our brokenness and our fallenness and that's going to be physically and mentally emotionally mm-hmm. Yeah. Spiritually, spiritually. Mm-hmm. all of it, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So when we say, and that may be part of what you're getting at with health, mm-hmm. right, as a moving target, because we say uh, none of us other than Jesus who walk the earth are really, truly, fully emotionally healthy. We're, we're all at some level mm-hmm. struggling, right? But we're, we're not only looking to Jesus, but we're actually saying it's only through being united to him in faith that we can begin to experience that that um, that process of being made more like Him, right? Um, so, correct me if I if I say anything that y'all are like, well, yes, that's from a pastor thinking through it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. here's a, here's another lens or another thought. You know, in terms of how we might look at it more clinically. Um, yeah, you know, I do so, have a thought. I think yeah. it's one of the helpful things in the. In the APA definition is the ordinary, you're, you have ordinary responses, appropriate responses mm-hmm. to ordinary mm-hmm. things in life, right? So a way to look at kind of real emotional unhealth might be just a overly anger response to something that's small, yeah, right? Yep. It, just something mm-hmm. simple like that or right. an overly anxious heart about maybe a very small situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's uh, helpful. Th- yep. That's kind of at least a measure, I think, mm-hmm. of what they're getting at that yep. I think is helpful you know, to look at, but it's also, it also means as a believer, you know, if we've got a good God mm-hmm. and we've got a powerful God, he's in control of everything and we have suffering in our life, yeah, we should feel a lot of tension, mm-hmm. right? The appropriate faith response to that is, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an actual, you see Jesus doing that. You see the Psalms of lament. Yep. I mean, we could go into a lot of that. Sure. So, so emotional health isn't just and we'll get into this maybe, isn't just feeling good, mm. uh, but it's appropriately feeling the things that do come into your life. Mm. And that's where Jesus really sets a compass for us, mm. those things. And um, when you when you speak of Jesus and emotional health, one thing that when I, um, when I study the Word and, when I, and I, one thing I love about Jesus is that He is emotional. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he shows us how to grieve and grieve appro- appropriately, um, anger appropriately, care appropriately. Um, he needed times of rest. He needed to have solitude. He needed. He was in community. All those, all those emotions that we can see in Jesus, yeah. um, perfectly. I I love that he's an emotional. That mm. he's an emotional. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't this stoic. No. Um, you know set apart yes he's holy and pure and mm-hmm. sinless but very human yes fully human right yeah um let me 
back up just a second and even ask the question, what what brought you into this field? What made you want to work with people mm. in the realm of emotional health? Well, you know, I thought about that for a long time because I worked uh, for three and a half years in the hospital mm. and uh, a lot around people, uh, significant sickness, death and dying. You know, why? Mm. Why am I here? Why do I want to do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? Why? laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I, but I, I, I know why. Because when I was 18 years old, my dad died, mm. and um, he was very sick, and he was on a vent, and uh, for various reasons, the doctors had to come to me and say, "Do you want to decelerate care?" Mm. Um, and who knows, you know, how to answer that question. And I had, I didn't know what to do. And a nun came to me. We were in a Catholic hospital. I was Catholic at the time. And took me aside and sat with me and um, allowed me to ask all the questions. So many medical questions aren't medical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, is if I do this, am I sinning? Am Mm -hmm. I killing my dad? Is this Mm -hmm. allowed? How would the church feel about this? And it was significant to me that that she she represented the church to me. Mm at that time. And, um, I, I really think that that's probably why mm. I, I wanted to go into chaplaincy because mm. someone was there for me. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is not, I don't want to chase this necessarily, but what you said is, is interesting that a lot of medical questions aren't medical. Yeah. They're ethical. They're, you know, they're more right moral and ethical than, right. than they are medical in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caleb, what about you? What, yeah. What, what brought you into it? I'm thinking about it from a lens of I, I definitely there's some things in my story that definitely point to that, and maybe some. It was always a, an overly kind of emotional, not in an angry way, but just a, would cry a lot. It was very in touch mm-hmm. as a as a child, and I just didn't know how to deal with that. I felt mm-hmm. like oh, what what's going on inside of me? Why am I kind of different there? Um, but really, from a in our reform tradition, uh, historically, we talk about internal external call uh, mm-hmm. for how you want to know that you're called to something. And um, I just have seen in ministry this, although I've tried to run from it, this idea of people need to process deeply what's happened to them. Everybody mm-hmm. has such a complex story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the gospel, I feel like, is oftentimes applied in such an abstract, general way mm. that we kind of miss the ways that Jesus Christ and his gospel and his word and the scriptures apply to a particular story and a mm. particular pain. And when you see someone, when you see that connect for someone, it is unbelievable mm. how beautiful it is. Yeah. Not that it solves all the problems or anything, but when God is with someone in their struggles— then they move and comfort others. It's very powerful. So there's just a, I just love seeing that happen. Mm. I see a need yeah. for it. And then yeah. just have been affirmed in it and said, hey, you should do this. Um, so some of that is how I've kind of seen that grow. What we might say in Presbyterian circles, the internal call and the external that's call. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, so we're calling this episode Faith and Emotional Health. Mm-hmm. What do those have to do with each other? Faith how does faith go with emotional health and what, what are misconceptions perhaps that people have about, and I could, I could, I don't want to say too much. I feel like you guys can, I mean, I could set this question up with a number of thoughts mm-hmm. of where I've seen people 
really either be hurt or mis or misunderstand what what is faith and what does it have to do with emotional health. But I want you guys to answer kind of with some thoughts, and then I may add my two cents at some point. But what are what are initial thoughts you have? You know, I think that when I I'm and I'm going to use the word pain for mm. um, for unhealthy emotions, a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Uh, our, our faith in the midst of our pain is really our strength. Mm. Um, and, and I think some of the misconceptions are uh, that uh, if you're emotionally unhealthy, you're, you've sinned mm-hmm. um, and that it's a result of sin. Or in, in my experience, often in the hospital, I would go into someone's room who was suffering and they would say, you know, what is God trying to teach me? If I would just learn it, my cancer would go mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I, if I would just, you know, learn the lesson, I'd be able to stop drinking and then I could go back to church. Yeah. So the misconception that um, all, all struggles with emotional health or pain are a result of sin, I think is, mm. is, or lack is of unfortunate faith or, or lack yeah, of faith. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, um, it's really, it's unfortunate and it's hard and, and it's sad to see. Mm-hmm. You know, what occurs to me, though, with that is, man, that's been going on yes. from, the, from the beginning. I mean, think about the, remember the question, I know y'all know this, but for our listeners, the question that the disciples asked Jesus when they saw the sick man and mm-hmm. said, you know, was it his parents, right. was it mom, his mom's sin or his dad's sin that he's mm-hmm. this way? You know, and Jesus said, well, it's neither, right? It's, it's not, it's not an issue of sin as opposed it, it, the su- suffering is not always the result of, of a sinful choice or a lack of faith or uh, of course, there's consequences mm-hmm. to sin, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, that's a different category than what we're talking about right now. And so... Um, and it can yeah. be a barrier, I think, to going to your church to get help. Um, you know, I have to have this taken care of before I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's something... Or, you know, or somebody um, hearing, well, just memorize these three verses and stop sinning mm-hmm. uh, yeah. can be har- harmful. Yeah, yeah it's almost... Uh, there's a... We talk about the prosperity gospel in in a financial sense a lot in America, but there's an emotional prosperity gospel that's in the church that if you just pray these things, then you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And being a healthy Christian means to feel this deep, deep joy, this felt joy, yeah. right? Yeah. Or life circumstances or whatever. Um, and there's just not a promise of feeling good. If you think about... Uh, a man of sorrow is acquainted with grief. Yep. That's how Isaiah describes a suffering servant, which is we know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what breaks my heart is when people do say, oh, if I had enough faith, right. yeah. then I would be feeling this way or I wouldn't be struggling with this anxiety or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to debunk that for people. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, David Pallison says, hey, this is a scary world. Yeah. You can die. You can go get hit you by a car. Die. Like right. you will die. You will right. die. There are <laughs> things that can happen to you. It's actually appropriate yeah. to be anxious about some things yep. Yep. after the fall. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's an appropriate Christian response. But Psalm twenty three four says, Okay, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but you're with you're me. With and me. that mm-hmm. that is the game changer yep. for the Christian. Not the absence of the struggle, but the presence of a person. Yep. Jesus in yep. and and there's what I might call there's the overt uh, prosperity gospel as it applies to you know wealth and health and so forth, 
But there's also the covert prosperity gospel. Now, what I mean by that is that there's going to be some churches and even some circles of churches that are going to teach very overtly that if you'll have more faith and if you believe hard enough and if you do these certain things, God, God will, the promise is that he will heal you on this side of heaven or he will cause you to be rich and be financially prosper, prosperous. On this. Like that's his plan for you. That's the overt, right? But the covert prosperity gospel is that you can very much be in, a, in what I would consider to be very different from that kind of church that's going to be a very doctrinally sound church that's going to teach on the sufferings of Christ and how we share in the sufferings of Christ. And it's going to have a robust theology of suffering on this side of heaven. And that, yes, God very may very well choose to heal, heal us on this side, physically, emotionally, whatever, on this side of heaven. But the promise is really that we the healing is going to come in this life or the next. Mm-hmm. But we do pray for healing. We do, you know, we do mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. for these things. This is yeah, part mm-hmm. of what, what we're what the Christian life is. But the co- the covert prosperity gospel is that even when we have right theology, we live with this. I've seen so many people, and this is just as a pastor, y'all tell me how much you see this. So many people who still live with the mindset of, uh, I know what's true biblically, but I just can't shake it that if I had more faith, I would be healed. Mm-hmm. Or if I got my act together more, God would take this away. Or, you know, if I just did blank, then I wouldn't suffer as much. Right? And, and, and so the theology is right, but the practical theology is still very much in I that realm, it, right? Yeah, I've seen right. that in um, crisis where someone's lived uh, a life of somewhat happiness, uh, not a lot of struggle, and then all of a sudden something happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their, their understanding and their experience of God is challenged. And it's, it's not only the crisis of the situation, but all of a sudden it's a crisis of their understand of their faith and who God is. Uh, And it it can cause a a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of, of pain. Uh, And, and um, you, you see that a lot, especially in, in uh, trauma Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and it, it does it. It's like this. It's like this. Um, they get to this point in the road, and everything is challenged for them. Yeah. 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 Tim Keller's. Yeah, I think it was him in a recent sermon I listened to that he talked about this idea of uh, maybe uh, you've got a bird in a tree, and the bird has its nest up in a tree, and there's the there's a guy that's going to cut down the tree, yeah. so he shakes the tree a little bit and gets the bird to move to the next one. And he cuts it down, and then he. The bird, he's like, oh, I've got to cut that one down too. So he shakes a little bit, mm. and then he cuts it down. He doesn't want the bird to just fall out of the tree and die. God suffering in some ways is that shaking of the tree, mm. understanding that our foundation. He, God knows that that's not that tree is some other foundation other than Him, mm. the solid ground. He's shaking our foundation, mm. moving us along. To, and so in crisis, there's no other way. God has ordained that that is a way. Mm. For us to re- be able to see what other foundations, other than maybe Jesus, that we have unknowingly made our life about. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, think about and for the person who's listening, who's like, man, um, I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. I I I long for the day to be in my new body and to be in glory and to to be whole and healed. Um, but I'm just so tired and I'm so, I'm struggling so bad with 
so much with seeing God is good and, um, yeah, just the emotional unhealth in my life. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it's just not going away. What are words of encouragement you have for men or women in those, in those spaces and, and just, they're just, they feel hopeless. What are, what are thoughts? Yeah, well, um, I think listening, mm. you know, giving them a, a safe space to express that yeah. is, is very important. Um, to allow them uh, to speak what their feelings are about God, mm. it's, you know, in a safe space is very important. Yeah. Uh, to, to allow them to lament, to teach them to lament, um, and, you know, to just offer the hope of the gospel. Our, um, I think we talked about this a little bit. Our goal is not only with the people that we're talking to happiness, but it's holiness. Mm. And, you know, to kind of switch the, the mindset and the framework to that mm. can be helpful. Yeah. 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 And I think it, the first thing you said was listening. I, I think that that is where the body of Christ is so powerful. Sometimes people are in such a, a dark place that they can't hope anymore for themselves. Totally. Right. <clears throat> <Yeah>. So <clears throat> we need other people to hope for us. And that might mean just saying to them, I don't, I, I don't know what you're going through. I can't imagine, mm-hmm. but I'm here. Yeah. And another believer being present, another friend being present, and knowing that we know one day we can for sure look to Revelation 21 and say he will personally wipe away every tear. Um, And we can hope toward that. And in the meantime, let me help you and just with whatever you need as a a Christian friend. The body of Christ is huge Mm. from that regard. And I don't think it's always, hey, memorize this Mm-mm. verse, you know, yeah. I, I think scripture is very appropriate to bring in right. that context, right. but in a very delicate, you know, a very, very delicate way, depending on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's never less than scripture. No. Right. I mean, scripture no. has to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yes. But it's, yeah. but it's often scripture plus something else. And in, in, yeah. in the, in the meaning, uh, the question I'm getting at is when, when is medication appropriate? Mm. When, when do you try to help someone realize, Hey, you know, I know you're believing the word. I know you're believing the gospel. I know you love Jesus. You're still struggling mightily. So here's some other things to consider in addition to that, not in yeah. place of. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. talk, to, mm-hmm. talk to me about that. The way I think about um, medication is this uh, idea of, well, first want to say, uh, give a little plug for a little book. Ed Welch has a, I have a psychiatric diagnosis. What does the Bible say? It's a little mm-hmm. new book. Um, he talks about, we're not a, we're not a pie chart. We're embodied souls. Mm. Um, so the, by pie chart, there's this uh, a diagram that he has that sci- we're psychological, we're physical, and we're spiritual. And that spiritual is kind of like one slice mm. of it. Mm. So really what people do is my real problems are I need to talk about them in a psychological way. And it's just Sunday is for church and prayer and Bible right. reading. Right. That's things, kind of a separate thing. Things get thing. segmented, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, no, it's all in the faith category, mm. but we have a soul, but we're embodied souls. And I think that's the answer to your question is yep. if we don't realize we're embodied souls and that the curse affects our bodies, mm. then we're really living Gnostic uh, belief system where mm. 
Hey, where we, the bodies don't matter. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, so we're not living true, uh, the true uh, Orthodox Christian faith, actually. Yeah. So medicine is as a, a means of a common grace element to where we can look and say, this is helpful. So what I was going to say is this greenhouse if you've got a greenhouse and you've got plants, what a greenhouse does is sets the structure, right? Sets the temperature for the perfect optimum growth for the plant. So in the illustration, the greenhouse might be your body. You have the structure, you have the temperature set, and that the soil and the plant might be your soul. Mm. So if that greenhouse is set to like a super high temperature, mm. it's, <clears throat> it's not going to fully prevent the plant from growing, but it can really make it a lot harder mm. and strain that plant. Yeah, right, create hindrances. Yeah. yeah, but if that greenhouse is set well and it's functioning well, it's going to create an environment where it's going to be easier for that plant to grow. And that's how I like to think about the body mm. and the soul connection. Mm. If we good medical professionals who've actually went to school for years and years and done residencies, those are great help yeah. to us in the church. Yeah. Uh, and there's it can a, be yeah, certainly can absolutely be, right? great because help because you don't want to you don't want to jump to medication too quickly either right no. as the as the and I'm not hearing you say that at all yeah. but uh, yeah and it's not that greenhouse can't stop or start it's not responsible but it creates an environment to sure help yeah you know what I mean good. I like yeah. that I think yeah creating a space too where you can have a dialogue with someone um, just asking asking them what would your concerns be about medication mm-hmm. um, you know some they might think that like we said before, well, it's because it's a weakness. It's a spiritual weakness. I don't think I, I need that. Yeah. Um, and just uh, just in encouraging them that uh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's not a sin to have to take medicine. Yeah. Uh, can be can be very helpful, and to have them allow them the opportunity to come to the church and hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important. Well, because because yeah. there have been many who have been in in Christian environments and churches where they have been told um, this is completely and purely only, um, and I agree with Ed Welch, what you said, it's all spiritual, mm-hmm. right? In the sense of that we're, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is that the only way into which address, to address uh, emotional unhealth or mental unhealth is with spiritual components, pray more, believe the gospel right. more, learn more scripture, Right, we would say yes to all that, of course. Yeah. But there are situations and scenarios where we would also say, based on the common grace of the Lord and the goodness of God, to give us modern medications that help with chemical imbalances mm-hmm. and that help with, yeah. you know, other issues that are physiological in nature that can create that greenhouse environment mm-hmm. to be able to experience some emotional healing. Is we want yeah. to work with that to mm-hmm. to the extent that we can, yeah. right? You yeah, know? and we want to be sure that. Um, that it's interdisciplinary, mm-hmm. that it's not just the medication, it's not just the doctor, right. it's not just the counselor, but it's also the shepherding care. Yep. And it's all together for that total person, for that embodied soul, for yep. health. I think we need all of it. So um, someone who's struggling with the mental illness, there's still a spiritual aspect to it. There's Absolutely. still the questions, why, is, why isn't God healing me? Why do I have this? Mm-hmm. Where they need to be able to come here and, and yeah. sift through scripture. Yeah. yeah. I think a, a danger for kind of probably are not for the person who thinks medicine's bad and it's all faith, but for the person maybe culturally now a struggle is 
I'm, I'm doing this that will solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I don't have to do the spiritual work right. at all. Mm-hmm. And, that'll, and so that, that's an unhealthy yeah. view. Yeah. It's Pendulum all in the scientific swing. realm and there's nothing yeah. spiritual about it. Yeah. I think uh, uh, yeah. Lee yeah. Fitzpatrick and Laura Hendrickson wrote a book, Will Medicine Stop the Pain? Mm-hmm. It's a really good resource on mm-hmm. a balanced approach of, she's a, uh, there's a, uh, Hendrickson's a medical doctor and mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's, uh, uh, she's an author, Christian author helpful resource. I think a classic example of this is hypothyroidism, Mm. like, um, real clear, uh, physical effects of that are a depressive state, a mood shift. And so if you, I always just say, if you're struggling with anything, when's your last physical? Yeah. When's your last last, just, just get checked out. What's your blood work? Yeah. 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 Just, just see what's going on. And that, that just helps. Uh, and that, that gives that, theological belief we believe the body matters yeah. and um and in yeah. that in tandem like you said there's helps. um there's another book that is helpful too and it's called the minister's diagnostician by paul preusser mm. and it really it it he lays out the distinctions between the different specialty areas mm. uh the you know what we are looking at in diagnosing so to speak assessing in a person right. when they're hurting what a counselor is looking at and what a physician is looking at and the significance of all three of those areas. We have different, we have different um, language that we use. We have different prescriptions that we use, but they're all to treat that person. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Let me ask you this in the last, well, Kelly, you said something a moment ago. I don't want to let go of it before I forget it. And I say a moment ago it was before we actually started recording. Okay. And, and it goes along with what we just talked about, but you said, you know, you tend to see two extremes, mm-hmm. right? Where right. Talk about that. Well, I think that, um, the two extremes you see, uh, from our response and, and even from those asking for help is one is that, um, that pain or emotional suffering is all due to sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, the cure, it's all in that realm. Right. And the other is that uh, pain and suffering is all in the realm of science. Mm. Uh, so there's, you know, that's the phone call where, you know, I'm really, really struggling. Um, would you please just give me a referral? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it, the church, my, you know, it has nothing at all to do with my heart or my soul or, you know, right. my spirit, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. It's all scientific. Yep. Um, and I, you know, we see a lot of that, mm-hmm. uh, but then there's that other spectrum too. So finding that healthy, that healthy mind, body, spirit yeah. Yeah. is, is so important. Yeah. And I think we do, and you know, we do, um, there's something that in chaplaincy, when you're training for chaplaincy, they warn you about, and it's called medical envy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's being very cautious to know what your field is and you know, what, what you're treating and what, how you're assessing and not try to go into the other areas where other people have specialties, mm. but to work in an interdisciplined fashion. Mm. And I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In the time we have left, I'd love to hear, um, you know, we're coming out of that. We've been coming out of a two to three year period here. We're just, as we all know, um, just a lot of, yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the word I hear all the time, I'm sure y'all do too, is trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, people experiencing trauma, coming out of trauma. Um, maybe the question is, what are y'all seeing on that front? What are some of the common issues of trauma that you're 
in, engaging with in, in this season and any stories you can share that, you know, would be helpful for some of the listeners to, to know, Hey, I'm not alone in this and there's help, you know, and how can perimeter even be a part of that, mm-hmm. that healing process? So, um, yes, there's a lot. There's a lot that's come out um, from the COVID lockdowns and the isolation. And I think it's really, if you, if you weren't real resilient, it's, it, it's showing, you know, coming out of that. Um, I, I think what we can do is to be the church. Hmm. Uh, If we're not the church, nobody's the church. (laughs) Uh, And by that, I mean, uh, there's power in the gospel and the word and so I encourage people who are struggler, struggling, come worship. Mm-hmm. Come worship. There's power in, in being uh, part of the fellowship of the saints. Um, there's power in taking communion. Mm. There's a mystery in that. You know, yeah. if you can take communion, take communion. Um, for some, there's, there's the elders praying over you and the anointing. Uh, there's so much uh, that that is healthy for our, our emotional health and just being in being the church, being a part of the body, being a part um, of the body. Yep. Come, um, come to shepherding, come talk to us. You have a, you have a, you have a shepherd who can sit and talk to you. There is, I think I'm probably going to say it's St. John of Christendom. I, I believe mm. it said that the shepherd has to have a thousand eyes mm. to assess um, the members of his flock. Mm. So come sit in shepherding. Come sit with a Christian counselor. We have that to offer, mm. and we want to. Yeah, we want yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. I was just having a conversation this morning with someone in the annex who had just walked in and introduced themselves, and um, <clears throat> somebody had wanted to meet, and we were just talking about some counseling stuff, and then he was like, "You know, COVID was really hard for for us. We had to work through some stuff. My my wife now working at home full time, and mm we had a lot to work through and it was just, I think that doesn't sound like a big, you know, it's not maybe a big traumatic event. And in the trauma world, they talk about big T trauma and small, you know, lowercase trauma. Um, That might, there were maybe some small T traumas that happened. uh, But, but really that's probably a lot of people's story Mm. in our church. It was just hard to work at home. It was hard to deal. I was feeling so, unsure about the environment, unsure about this virus, uh, unsure about how do I just speak in a compassionate way to my kid for the 50th time that knocked on the door during a meeting, <laughs> you know, how do I, how do I love, uh, you lasted till 50. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, it's like yeah. five. five yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, I think the normality of that struggle and people have internalized that and there's mm-hmm. a, just an anxious tension. Yeah. And I think, uh, Probably what we're seeing, and this is uh, one of the one of the things, is that can lead to unhealth emotionally. Really, by you see these low grade anxieties that a lot of guys, especially, just pretend like it's not there. Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. if you just ignore your emotions, they'll go away. Yeah, that that's not a great way to deal with them. Just pay attention, Mm. ask questions, Um, but also they'll lead to some sort of addiction issue or just a way to cope, like. Okay, maybe it's a sexual uh, problem, or maybe it's like I just want to get on Instagram for an hour instead yeah. of like maybe it was five minutes before. Right. I want to binge on Netflix. Some other, we're going to find something, right? 
to weigh. Uh, and so pay attention as we pay attention to what we're doing. Mm. It actually points back to our hearts. Mm. And says, okay, so, what's so you're warning. hitting on something yeah. that I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't, I want to be careful of our time. Um, but I think it's important. So here's a question. What, what are signs yeah. of emotional unhealth? What are some red flags? What are things that we can be aware of? Like, okay, if I'm doing that, because I think there's, I think you're hitting on something that's really important, right? On, on one hand, there's the, uh, there's the individuals who um, are very aware that there's emotional unhealth, right? They know they need help. They know that they need uh, anything from counseling to psychiatric care to, you know, whatever. Yeah. Although uh, the, the other side of the coin, though, is that, you know, I think there's all of us at some level yeah. that are, we are emotionally unhealthy, but we don't know it. Or maybe we suspect it, but we're not really sure how to diagnose it or, or even recognize what some of those signs may be. And we're sure as heck not going to come and talk to a counselor or to a, you know, like that's kind of the mindset of like, yeah. you know, I'm okay. I just need to kind of power through this and, yeah. you know, but what are, what are some things you see that you go, if you're doing this, come talk to us. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We want to help you. Um, well, they're the big ones. There's uh, shopping. Mm-hmm. Until you are financially in trouble, there's drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it, you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can't. Uh, you're isolating. You're screaming at everybody. You know you're angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are those. There are those big ones. Um, but uh, and I also think. Jeff, sometimes we have to rely on the people around us to tell us we're not healthy. Yeah, yeah. So That's a, a lot point. of times people will come in um, with someone with them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong, but they say something's really right. wrong. And yep. um, so rely and trust those those people that are around us. But the more subtle things that I that I would look at from a shepherding from just a shepherding standpoint mm-hmm. would be, does this person have in their language, do they have any sense of wonder and awe? Mm. Uh, do they um, do they have community? Mm-hmm. Do they pray? Um, what words do they use if I ask them to describe describe God? Mm. Are they well? He's a punisher, or he's you know I don't know I don't know you know what words do they use? Um, do they feel uh, do they feel stress from their church or do they feel comfort from their church? And a lot of times you'll hear, no, I feel stress from my church. Mm, yeah. Um, which may lead to, do they use the word repentance? Mm. Uh, do they use the word sovereignty? Do they, so, you know, there's, there's more subtle assessment things that mm-hmm. we're kind of looking for in the shepherding department to measure health. Yeah. Um, even, you know, do you, do you walk outside? You know, do you ever just look at nature? Do you? So those are, I think, are some subtle um, signs that maybe yeah. something is off. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for especially with guys, just hey, um, that temper's a little bit shorter than it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that reaction. Okay, it, that that's happening a little bit more often than it did. That angry response yeah. or. Man, I'm I'm running through my mind that scenario at work fifty times. Why am I so concerned about that scenario? And it's maybe I'm up at night a little bit more. I can't sleep because I'm thinking about that. There's this. There's these subtle things that happen, and over time, <clears throat> we're just kind of seeking our own control, right? Yeah. And it's 
um, instead of dep- increased dependence on Christ, uh, on Christ, on the Lord. Um, so just, just even, those very subtle things. Yeah, and yeah. just even healthy rhythms, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I, I'll tell you what I've noticed with me is I, coming out of this whole season we've been in is that, and, and my justification tends to be, well, my kids are older now. You know, we're in the teenage years, one preteen. And so they want to just, in the evenings, they want, you know, we'll have dinner together if we can, if the practices don't conflict and whatnot. So we try to get family time as much as we can, but they want to go to the rooms. They want to be alone. They want to be, you know, texting with their friends or whatever, and they've got homework to do and so forth. And so, um, you know, my justification for doing what I do, which is I'll just get lost in my phone, right? Like, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, read articles or, you know, flip, like you said, flip through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. The next thing I know, man, it's been like an hour and a half of me not engaging Rachel or the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And then going, what have I just done? Right. Um, and, in recognizing that and going, okay, that's actually, um, the, the justification is, well, my kids want their alone time and I need alone time because I've been with people all day. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. But what does that look like in a healthy dose? You know, what does it look like for me to go, okay, Rach, I, communicate with her, Rachel, I need to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm just going to kind of check out. I'm going to watch a funny video that makes me laugh. Or I'm going to, um, you know, read up on some sports, something that I want to read up on, you know, but only 20 minutes. And then I want to spend time with you. And then let's get the kids out here. Let's give them a 10 minute break from their homework or whatever it is they're doing. Let's gather them in the living room and let's just have a quick little conversation. How are you doing? What's been going on today? You know, those kind of things that when I'm healthy, I do. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but how can I, because the unhealthy part of it slips in and I don't even sometimes mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's even days of like, man, I've done three nights in a row where I just checked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's not healthy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I hope I'm normal in that. I well, <laughs> I was going to say, I noticed myself for a season of just I was so excited. And I say about normal, meaning it's not healthy, but it, there's more people than me. <laughs> well, that are struggling yeah, with yeah, that, right? totally. Yeah. I noticed just like, yeah. oh, I'm, am I? <clears throat> I'm watching. I'm more excited about just getting the kids to bed so I can watch three episodes of whatever this mm-hmm. show is. Mm-hmm. And I, what I'm really longing for is just a sense of rest. Yeah, that's <laughs> so it. I yeah. just, yeah. I just, and and I know theologically, right? Who can give me that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But functionally, to your point earlier, there's a gap between my functional reality of how I live my life yeah. and the theological cognitive mm-hmm. beliefs I have. Right. And, right. and how do I just, how do I really trust God in those micro moments of life? Yeah. Cause if you, you know, if you play that out, if I'm just, if I begin to binge on Netflix for five years and never engage my family, that could lead to some serious oh, heck yeah. issues. Yeah. Right yeah. now yeah. we don't see it in the short term, but that's where it's like paying attention and having people say that. And your spouse, maybe we don't like it sometimes, but their words, help. Hey, I think mm-hmm. you're watching a little bit too much and mm-hmm. not get defensive, <laughs> you know, listen. Yeah. To, and um, I think what you're talking about, Jeff, is discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a discipline involved in being healthy, spiritually healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy. Yeah. It all involves discipline. Yeah. Uh, there was just, uh, you remember that that was one of my words for the year, don't discipline, you? Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Good job bringing it back. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, we need it. Yeah. We need it. And um, there was just a study done, I think we were talking about it, in 20, 
20 by the University of Arizona measuring resilience mm. in people coming out of COVID. And what they found for the most people who marked the most resilient was 10 minutes of sunshine a day, mm. exercise, uh, community, mm. uh, someone close to them in their life, and prayer. Wow. Those five. Uh, those disciplines. Yeah. So exercise, getting out in the sun, not wow. spending too much time on electronics. It's a discipline for health and resiliency. And, and I hear that and go, man, that's it's not hard. It shouldn't be hard to do those things. But it can be. But it can be extremely yeah. hard. Yeah. And, right. mm-hmm. and there's a plug for I think that's why we need good gospel-centered accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in our, uh, so I'm asking my guys all the time, hey, I have, I'm overworking a little bit, and actually, we've talked about that in my home. Would you guys hold me accountable for that mm-hmm. next week? And just mm-hmm. having the we can't do it alone, mm-hmm. but and we think we, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry to we cut think you we off. Can we think uh, we can? But it, even that word accountability, I've heard some guys say accountability is the word that I hear in fun. Fun dies, like it's where fun goes to die. It's like yeah. okay, well, listen, <laughs> yeah. you know, accountability is not a bad word. Accountability is like, hey, I love you so much, and I want you to experience the fullness of what God has for you. So, therefore, I'm going to ask you these questions, yeah. right? And so, and that's yeah. assuming that that you real joy is found in something other than Christ. It's you know, it's right. a wrong view, but yeah. Plug for our discipleship leaders podcast. We just uh, did mm-hmm. one on accountability and. Check it out. How to kind of check that check out, out in yeah. that one. So, so let me let me just wrap us up by saying this. You know, there's there's here's what I suspect, and and not even suspect. We know just even you guys live with our members in this world a lot more than I do, but I, I do as at some level as well. There are many many of us here at Perimeter Church, and there's some that are listening to this that are at Perimeter, but you know, tuning in, who the subtle signs and red flags of emotional unhealth are very much there and it's just a matter of recognizing them and then appropriate uh, appropriately responding moving towards others hey can you inviting them into can you help me with this i, I want to recognize these unhealthy rhythms and habits more and in coming and speaking with a pastor or a mm-hmm. counselor um there are some in in our church and in other churches who are tuning in where it's not subtle it's, man, I, I am drinking way too much every single night. I'm doing, um, I know I'm doing harm to myself with, mm-hmm. with the patterns of my life. And I know that I am really emotionally unhealthy. I know it. And our invitation to either, to whether it's the subtle subtleties that we all carry with us at some level, or if it's the ones that are really, really significant in terms of just the, the magnitude of, of what's happening. We want to be here. I mean, I know your hearts. Mm-hmm. I've heard you both say, gosh, we want people to come to us. We want to help. Uh, we have a team here of, of staff that want to help. And even if we can't help you, we want to refer you mm-hmm. to someone who can. And let us, to your point earlier, Kelly, let us be the church, right? We want to be the church. We're not going to do it perfectly because we're broken too. And uh, we need Jesus. We desperately need Jesus. But we're going to do our, our very best to help you experience the fullness of life that God has for you, even in the midst of hardship and pain and suffering. Um, so anyway, thank you all for joining thank me you. and having this conversation. Yes, and, thank you. I uh, love you guys. So grateful for you. So glad you're on the team with me here at Perimeter Church. And thanks for all you who have listened to us or watched us. Um, hope this has been a beneficial conversation for you. Uh, let us know how we can come alongside of you. Go to perimeter.org, reach out to us. We'd love to help. 
And uh, we love doing these Digging Deeper conversations, mostly because we pray and hope and trust that they're helping you. So thanks for joining us.